WBC。And welcome to ninety four point one FM three WBC. We're back again for another episode of VFL Rewind. <laughs> Had a fantastic round of VFL action just gone. Few upsets, few games that we probably didn't expect to go the way they did, and very exciting round. Very exciting round. The Frankston boys are happy. The Frankston boys are we. They're they're up and about. They've won. How many is that last? Is that three in a row or two in a row? Uh, two in a row, four for the year. So, and we've been to, um, we've been to three out of those four wins, Brad. If you, we went down and saw them against North Melbourne. We saw them against Carlton with that amazing comeback, and it would have been so easy for them not to be focused um, this week leading into that Williamstown game after such a great last quarter, and then to break a what was it a seventeen year hoodoo, not winning against Frankston and I mean Williamstown and. For the first time, what, 22 or 23 years yeah. down at Williamstown? Cra- crazy result, yeah. Well done to Frankston Footy Club on their win. They're up and about. They probably are the, the leading Melbourne standalone team at the moment. Who would have thought that 10 years ago, 5, 10 years ago when Frankston was struggling, that that that'd be the one leading the way ahead of uh, Williamstown and Port and Werribee. It's, uh, it's well, they're, they're different only, times. They're only percentage out of the eight. That's the thing. You know, the, it's amazing, isn't it? Um, to, you know, I, I honestly hope that they keep on going and maybe sneak into that sort of sixth, seventh or eighth spot because anything's possible then. They are. They're, yeah, they're a bit of a shocker. On the show tonight, we've got three special guests and, uh, yeah, really looking forward to having a chat to them. Our first is the CEO of Williamstown Football Club, Ash Baker, Looking forward to having a chat to him, new into the role. He's just, uh, I think, taking the role at the start of the year. So looking forward to having a chat to Ash about how, how things are going, um, f- I guess, financially-wise, how the salary cap looks, um, how the new rules look, how um, income stream is going. A lot of things to talk about Ash about off the field. And our second special guest is Lockie Street, the captain of the Richmond Football Club, 2019 VFL Premiership player. I think he played as a 23rd man that day. Uh, so looking forward to having a chat to Lockie. He's probably the leading VFL player on Richmond's list at the moment. He's, he's been playing some really consistent footy. And last one, I've got a bit of royalty on tonight, Billy Swan. What do you say? <laughs> what can't you say about Billy Swan? What an absolute legend. 302 VFA games, two-time list and medal winner. I think four premierships he played and, uh, yeah, just an absolute gentleman and uh, played at Williamstown and Port Melbourne. Obviously, I'd look back and say he's a borough player. Um, he finished his year out at, at, at career out at Williamstown, but, uh, yeah, absolute legend. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting. Ash Baker um, filling filling some big shoes down at um, Williamstown, replacing Jason Reddick as the CEO of the football Williamstown Football Club. And can I also say congratulations to Jason Reddick, who was appointed the CEO of the Victorian Amateur Football Association last week. So well done, Jason, on that appointment. Yeah, it's a good appointment. Um, Jason's a very good operator. He's done a very sailed a very good ship at Williamstown. Before COVID, I thought, and um, yeah, it's great to see him back in the footy industry at uh, the yeah. Vafa. It's a big, big role. How many clubs in the Vafa? Hundred odd clubs. Oh, geez, yeah, hundred odd clubs plus what do they got? Four divisions plus three um, uh, grades, and women's football is growing there. So you know, it's just an enormous, enormous job. But I'm sure he's well cut out for that. Um, yeah, Lockie Street, it'd be a good chat to him to see how Richmond are travelling. A bit of a hiccup yesterday where they started like a house on fire and then just stopped against the Box Hill Hawks. It was a game of two halves. And Billy Swan, yeah, um, 
I probably agree with you. More Borough play, even though he's probably remembered for that 1990 um, <laughs> goal for Williamstown against Springvale, which um, uh, was an incredible game as well, um, 32 years ago. Yeah, absolute legend, Billy Swan. Uh, as we do, we normally do our highlights of the round, and um, I'm going to kick it off. Uh, so good to see the Borough win yesterday. So yeah. good, so good. They are. Uh, they had an absolute magnificent win. I think they were down by, I think it was almost 30 points at one point in the first quarter. And uh, fought back and, uh, yeah, won the game by by 16 points. So that was my highlight of the weekend. Uh, great to see the Borough win. Uh, and I've just got to mention this man. He, he's an absolute star. Ethan Phillips. Mm. Any recruit, I know there's probably no recruiters listening to us, no chance they listen to us. But if they are on the slight chance... Look at him in the mid-season draft. He's an absolute superstar. He had 30 disposals on the weekend and took 14 marks. On the back of, I think he had 16 marks the week before. I mean, he's, he's absolutely dominating the VFL level. And, uh, yeah, it's great. To, so great to see. Well, you're talking about Ethan Phillips. So we're also, if, this, if it's the same recruiters listening, um, Will Fordham. Yeah. Uh, Frankston. Geez, isn't he having a season right now? He, he would be doing really well in the club best and fairest. And with Frankston now winning games, there, there's more likelihood that he's getting votes in the Liston, Liston as well. So if the, if um, Frankston continue the way they are, we could um, see a Liston medalist um, from uh, the Frankston Football Club and be the first one since Aaron Edwards. Would I be right? Two thousand six, yeah. Yeah, be if that would if that would happen. Yeah, my highlight was obviously um, Frank's uh, Frankston um, breaking a two two down at Williamstown and beating Williamstown comfortably by six goals. And um, you know the Northern Bull Ants, they they're a side, they're a young side that you know when when you get a lead like that, generally you, you need to keep the foot on the throat of the opposition. But um, well done to um, Port Melbourne for fighting that out and coming back with a sixteen point win because you know some of their games this year they've probably been unlucky as well, Port, where they've sort of just been overrun by um, teams with professional footballers like against Richmond they were a, they were a show as well the week before they were they were they were right in it until yeah. till probably the last 10 minutes and yeah. Richmond kicked uh, not probably the last yeah the last 10 minutes Richmond I think kicked about six or seven yeah. goals in the last probably 15 minutes of the game so yeah well done to the borough as I mentioned uh it was a special day down at Preston Football yeah. Club they uh, wore their their Preston Football Club jump off I think it's the second time since uh, 1995 that they've worn that PFC jumper and the response that it's got from their fans and from everyone around the VFL community has been phenomenal. So I hope it becomes a, a thing that they permanently do. Well, hopefully it's like Werribee. Remember when Werribee Correct. wore their W jumper and people just really pushed it for the rest of the year? Yeah. I'm hoping our mate Wag, the president, considers um, rolling out that PFC jumper um, for sort of local derbies, per se, against Essendon. Do they play Coburg this year? Or? Nah, no Battle yeah, of the so, well, Yeah, so that's a sad sad thing. But somebody, if they use that PFC, say, against Carlton, Essendon, for starters, and really gauge what the supporters are saying. And if it's overwhelming, just replace the um, replace the big ant because we've, they've stuffed it up in years gone by with a termite. <laughs> it was a, yeah, it was a termite <laughs> well, 2000 a, and two, 2001, was it? Yeah, for a couple of years, they were, they were northern termites. <laughs> <laughs> it's... it's it's a good it's a good point you raised, Lashy. Actually, yeah, 2013, Werribee were wearing that tiger on their jumper, which I wasn't a fan of. It was, it was kind of a weird looking tiger, and it was a bit of a, um, I guess, a um, artwork. A lot of the clubs went through that in the late 90s, early 2000, when they wore, wore like a 
bit of a, a mascot on their jumper, and it's sort of gone away. Like you look at Western Bulldogs, they went away from having the dog on the front. Yeah. Um, Fremantle went back to, I guess, a very traditional jumper. Port Adelaide are the same in the AFL. So yeah. I think going back to the, the simple jumpers is what people actually really enjoy. So, yeah, hopefully Preston do, I'll do it. The only the only Werribee jumper I liked with that tie on it was the, the Clash jumper, the blue, when they had the blue. Yeah. And that was the only only one that I really liked. But the W, a fantastic jumper. And now they're using it in the away jumper in the reverse of... Um, uh, with the black W on a yellow jumper, and there's no reason why Essendon couldn't use a red, a Braybrook jumper, for example, a red Just jumper. Reverse with, it, yeah, yeah like, reverse it, like what Coburg did. Yeah, exactly. It's it's one of those things that yeah, simple is best, I think, with jumpers. That's yes. that's for sure. Uh, we're going to go through the results now. Uh, Lausch, if you want to kick it off, uh, we'll get away. Yeah, the first game of um, round eight was the Collingwood Bulldogs game at. Um, AIA Centre, the old Holden Centre, where Collingwood had a comprehensive win, 13-12-90 to the Bulldogs, 4-11-35. Um, the next game was down at um, Williamstown Oval, where we were on Saturday night, and Frankson had a comfortable win there, 10-15-75 to three goals, 16-34. As Neil Butler would say, bad kicking is... It's bad football, Lausche. And then at Osworld... Oswald Centre Oval up on the Gold Coast. Um, Southport had another win. They didn't have it all their own way there, but um, they in, in the end they ran over the top of the GWS Giants, 12-13-85 to 8-10-58. I'll let you do the next six, uh, next three games, Brad. It was, a, it was a bit of an interesting one, that one, I thought. Uh, Southport were, were behind at one point, not from memory, and um, yeah. it was a pretty close game, but yes, um, they fought back and won it, and... They just keep on keeping on. How are they doing it? Everyone's asking us, how, how is Southport doing so great? 15 AFL listed players. Looking forward to watching them play in a few weeks, um, or maybe this week, actually. You'll see them this week, but we'll um, catch up with Steve, the coach, probably in about a month's time at um, the Northern Bulldogs. Yeah, I think I think it's one of those things. The Victorian, a lot of the standalone club probably haven't seen much of Southport yet, so it will be interesting to see um, how, they, how they go, how they play. Um, yeah, as I mentioned, 15 listed players, uh, AFL listed players on their list. They're definitely leading the way from that front. They'll be favourites this week against Port. Yeah, it'll be interesting that one. I'll, I'll be back in the borough actually. I'm, 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 I'm going to go for the borough yeah. after that, that um, pre yep. performance against the Preston. But I think that yeah, Southport are the ones. They're, they're the ones that are standalones that are leading the way. Our next one we had was uh, this was a bit of a surprise. Box Hill 106, uh, 15, 16, 106 to. Richmond at 10, 13, 73. Uh, it, was, it was a pretty good effort by the Box Hill boys. Uh, Damien Mercedes, once again, I thought he probably was one of the better players. Also, Callum Porter was played pretty well for for um, Box Hill. And from the Richmond front, um, there was a few who were good. Ben Miller kicked an exceptional goal. Uh, Lockie Street as well. We we're going to chat to a little bit later on. He was really good. Uh, and, yeah, Steve Morris, um, the senior coach, um, not, I think there was a report that he might have been playing coach, but it looks like he's just the coach this year. I think he's played one or two games. Oh, he has, has Yeah, he? I think he has played one. Um, how about the Ben Kavara celebration after a goal with his former housemate, Callum Porter? They were housemates uh, when they were both at the Bulldogs in Altona North, and he sort of done the um, kiss, kiss in the cheeks of both cheeks of <laughs> Callum Porter. So a di- different celebration by Benny Kavara. You you got to you appreciate that in little things. Yeah, you got to have a bit of fun. I think, and 
Sometimes we see the the very simple goal celebration, but when you're up, you know, you're, you're going to win the game. I guess you can let them things go because you yeah. have a bit of fun. But, yeah, Callum Port, a bit of a character, so I'm yeah. not surprised that them two uh, had a bit of fun with that one. <laughs> That's for sure. Next game we had up was uh, – this one was a bit of a, a smashing, to be honest. Casey, 107-26-21. Uh, but defeated North Melbourne 10-7-67, 110-point win to, North Ma- uh, to Casey. Casey are so good. They have got so many AFL-listed players on their list at the moment, and it's well, see, it's going to be hard to compete with them. Well, it's reflective of the whole club right now. Look at Melbourne. They've won 16 in a row now. Um, when, when you haven't got injuries, you haven't got suspensions, you haven't got players out of form, everything's, everything's running perfectly for not only the Melbourne Football Club at AFL level, but Casey at VFL level. And even the Casey girls, they, they've had a great year so far. They've only dropped the two games. They're, they're just they're doing great down there at Casey and Melbourne. But I'll just go through these players. Luke, Stun- Luke Dunstan had the, yep. had the most possessions. You'd say he's a yep. very good VFL player. He's, um, I think he got to Melbourne in the um, trade period. Adam Tomlinson, very solid player. Mitch White and Jimmy Munro, two, you know, two fans. That you go through the list and you go, they've got a very quality side and, and then they've got tools like Majak Dora and Wiedemann, um, Mitch Brown. So they've got every part of the ground covered. So I think Casey might be the ones to beat this year. They look like they're storming ahead and I think the only thing that's going to maybe get in their way is injuries. But um, at the moment, they're, they're unstoppable. Yeah. Next one we had, as we spoke about, Port Melbourne, 12 um, 8-80 defeated Preston Northern Bullants, 9-10-64. Fantastic win by the Borough. Eli Templeton as well, I just want to make a mention of him. He was fantastic. Uh, he had 33 disposals. And, um, yeah, he's, he's another one who's just been phenomenal for the Borough this year. Marcus Lentini as well. He's starting to get a bit of consistency. And great to see Tommy O'Sullivan back for the Borough as well, playing some good footy. So, yeah, the Borough are doing very well at the moment, and uh, congratulations to them on the win. And um, we'll go through the VFLW scores now. Yeah, no, it's um, a very good, um, very good year for um, Eli. Um, the VFLW scores: we Saturday morning, the VFLW game out at um, uh, AIA Centre before the VFL game. Collingwood won that against the. Uh, Western Bulldogs as well, 5-6-36 to 4-2-26, so 10 points. A much better effort by the Bulldogs there. They are struggling. They still haven't won a game for the year in the VFLW. Um, Out of Preston City Oval, one-way traffic where Geelong took care of the Darabin Falcons, 9-6-60 to 1-2-8. And a bit of heartbreak down in Williamstown Oval, um, Saturday afternoon, uh, where North Melbourne overran Williamstown and won seven seven forty nine to seven five forty seven, and I'll do what I did in the VFL and pass over the last three games to you, Brad. Yep. So the next one was Casey against Port Melbourne. Casey nine twelve sixty six defeated the Port Melbourne Borough one six four. Um, yeah, a bit of a bit of a surprise, I guess, how big the margin was, but yeah, Casey are, are doing pretty well in the VFL and. Hopefully the borough can bounce back and get a couple of wins um, to finish out the year. Be a, a good way to finish off. The next one we had are uh, two of the yeah two of the leading teams probably in the comp at the moment are uh, Hawthorne versus Essendon. Four seven apiece, thirty one. They drew. I, I reckon this might be a VFLW grand final preview. Hope yeah. so. Well, you know, I can only see Casey maybe spoiling that, but I think 
I think um, Hawthorne and Essendon will probably, well, we've got undefeated team in, in Essendon. They've had the two draws and um, won everything else. And Hawthorne, they've um, only dropped the one game so far this year. So, um, Very interesting one. It's, it's yeah. going to be interesting. And the last one we had was Southern Saints, 54, defeated Carlton, 23. Uh, a bit of royalty down there in the Southern Saints rooms. Last year I heard before the game a bit of... Uh, Bit of a grade of the VFL was presenting a jumper. Really, that was a little bit of me time for Paddy. Um, yeah, Paddy Paddy Hill was there presenting Ebony Nixon, her jumper for her fiftieth VFL game. Um, she was one of the original Hawks, um, Boxel Hawks, when they started up. Like I've always said, this Ebony was probably my favourite of the original Hawks because she had that booming left footer, and um, you know she she was a gut, she's a, she was a gutsy player, and you know she's still playing some good football at um, the Southern Saints. I do wonder it, it wasn't like a debut, and it wasn't like um, uh, why you would do a jumper presentation on a fiftieth, but um, you know maybe maybe we'll get Patty on one one day. I know he'd love that. Um, 50 games in the VFLW is a, a good effort. So it, it, it is, but it's, it's just a strange one to do a jumper presentation. Like maybe maybe Patty and Tara could have held the banner. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so we need to get banners back at the VFL actually. Yeah, we need 50th yeah. games, 100th game. We'd love like, to love to see banners back. You know, like, even if the little tiny crepe paper ones. We've got to celebrate like, all these milestones. If it was my old jumper number or something like that, I'd. I'd do the presentation, but if somebody rang me up and said, "Oh, can you do a jumper presentation on my 50th? It's like, listen, if it was uh, if it was the player, I'd say, "Listen, you've already played ten games with them, so why 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 do that?" But <laughs> we're going we're going to go to a break now. We'll be back after the break uh, with the CEO of the Williamstown Football Club, Ash Baker. You're listening to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. 3WBC Football is brought to you with the support of our sponsors. Budget Car and Truck Rental. Tobin Brothers Funerals. Birdies Mini Golf and Sports Bar. LP Antiques and Collectibles. Aaliyah Framing. Piranha Foods. MR Davids Constructions. Dragon City Tattoos. Buffalo Sports. And the Blackburn Hotel. Thank you for your ongoing support of 94.1 FM, 3WBC, and 3WBC Football. This game's had it all today, folks at the MCG, the home of football. This is Maker. Oh, deep on the left half forward flank, punt road, and he chips it onto App. Oh, App comes to memory, turns on his left, and bang! That's it! That's it! Memory has kicked his 100th goal of the season! Thanks, Rex. Plan your celebration with the Tobin Brothers Funerals Memory Maker app. Find out more at tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Tobin Brothers Funerals are a 3WBC sponsor. And welcome back to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. We're at the point of our first special guest, and we join him. A man has joined us who's the CEO of the Williamstown Football Club. He's uh, new to the role. Um, you'll probably tell us a little bit more when he joined, but I think it might have been the start of this year. Yep. And he's been good enough to join us now, Ash Baker, the CEO of Williamstown Football Club. Ash, welcome to VFL, VFL Rewind, and thanks for taking our call. No worries, Brad. Thanks for having me on. G'day, Ash Lauschy speaking. Um, tell us a little bit about your background and how you've um, found your first few months in the role as the um, CEO of the Williamstown Football Club. G'day, Lauschy. Um yeah, sure, mate. I, I don't know if we've got enough time to talk about how much has gone down in the first three months of the tenure, but um, for, for all the listeners out there, I've um, come into the industry 
fresh out of the racing industry, so I've had a bit of time in the thoroughbreds and the greyhounds as a club administrator, and I also spent some time uh, with the Minister for Racing, Martin Kukula's office, working in racing policy. So I've had a bit of a look at both sides of the fence in terms of policy and administration as it pertains to racing regulation. Um, and ventured over to football, was lucky enough to secure this role late last year and um, started at the beginning of January. And um, you've, you've obviously enjoyed the role, obviously a, a sort of indifferent year right now for the Williamstown Football Club on the field with all the list changes. Yeah, it's been, um, it's been a bit of a baptism of fire. Um, just that we're in a position, I guess, we're not too familiar with in the last couple of decades. We've been lucky enough to have a very successful uh, program and achieve some pretty good results year on year. And I think, you know, due to a number of things, COVID, the change in the salary cap and the way the VFL competition looks like now has really impacted our club, probably more than some others, potentially. Um, and we're going through a bit of a challenging period. And, and on top of that, we've got a hell of a lot of injuries, which doesn't help. So it's been been really challenging, to, to say the least. Um, football is very similar to racing in many ways, except it's got a, bit, a lot of human interaction. So there's a lot of moving parts with people, whereas racing's a little bit more one-dimensional in terms of putting a product out there and people bet on it. It's all about wagering. Football is about relationships and culture and, and you know, building those on the field and off the field. And we, we do that well, and we've always done that well over the club, but um, we're in a really difficult position this year, and we've got to, we've got to work through it and be bigger and better uh, in 2022, 23, sorry. Ash, I wanted, wanted to talk about memberships. Uh, Williamstown Football Club, um, how's the membership numbers going? And uh, just on top of that, if people do still want to buy a membership, uh, how can they go about doing that? Uh, absolutely, Brad. Um, we're up to about 1,290-odd, I think was my last check late last week. That's um, good going. Very good going. Good, good numbers when you know, the, you're not winning a lot of games. That always helps when you're winning games to sign up new members. But they've been continuing to you know, stream in week on week. They've slowed up a little bit now. We're into sort of round seven or eight of the year. But um, we're hopeful we can break 1,300, and um, which is about where we've been over the last few years from what I can tell. So... Anyone looking to join, we've got plenty of membership options on offer. You can simply go onto our website and um, sign up or um, give the office a buzz and Lee can help you out. So um, lots of opportunity for people to still join the club and we've still got a great supporter base even though things aren't going great on the field. Um, we've got great supporters and sponsors that continue to help us uh, through what are the challenging times. Just on that, Ash, I'm sure there's a little bit of friendly rivalry between, the, I guess, the admins of each club of the membership numbers and I'm not sure if you know the other numbers, but is Williamstown probably in the in the top few of the standalones at VFL level? I, I believe you are. Funnily enough, I think there's been so many changes to football this year. Uh, the, the administrators haven't probably had as, traditionally as much time together as we normally would, I'd imagine, because we've had COVID for two years, and I think everyone's just been looking after their own backyard a bit uh, in the first full season in sort of three years. So... I think we'd be in the top one or two with memberships, but I'd be lying if I said I actually knew that. But um, you might, no, you just made me uh, probably come up with something in our. We're actually having to get together later in the week with all the 
CEOs of the standalone club. So I might just bring that one up around the table and see where they're all at. Just quick, Ash, we have a um, best canine trophy on VFL Rebound. Maybe we need to bring in a best membership. The the, te- the, v- the standalone club gets the most members, maybe wins a trophy. Maybe we'll, we'll bring that in next year as well, have a bit of fun with it. But, yeah, thank, thanks for uh, yeah, letting us know that sort of where you are at with the membership. Yeah, no worries, and um, thanks for having me on. No, 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 I wasn't wasn't letting you go. Um, I'll just saying thanks for um, yeah, th- thanks for letting us know what the membership number was. Last just oh. got a cu- couple of questions. <laughs> no worries, mate. No, no. Look, I'm happy with that. Um, it's good to be able to try and beat our chest about something because, like I said, we are not having a lot of success on the field this year, so uh, it certainly helps to get all the little wins we can along the way. Well, you're, you're a bit of a chance to win the canteen of the year now because I've convinced the um, people who run your canteen to introduce the uh, Chico Roll at Williamstown, and they've promised me next home game they'll have Chico Roll. So there's 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 your chance to actually get a bit of silverware in the um, in the cupboard this year as well. That's good to hear, Lauchy. We um, we need to keep uh, improving our office for the punters. And uh, again, the canteen hasn't had much action over the last couple of years, so I think it's taken them a couple of weeks to find their feet. But um, I'm, I'm glad to hear the chicka rolls. Uh, it's an essential food item at any football ground around Australia. Bloody fantastic! They have chicka rolls. Now, on a more serious note, um, what is your view? First of all. The salary cap, the two twenty thousand, I think it is for standalone clubs, and the six players under twenty two rule. My personal view is the six under twenty two really puts you at a bit of a disadvantage when it comes to recruiting recruiting experience. Yeah, I think they're all all those factors combined uh, prove really challenging for the standalone clubs in terms of the salary cap. Look. The AFL are continuing to look at the VFL competition, particularly because this is the first real year we've had a look at the Eastern Seaboard comp. I know it's been in place for a couple of years, but there was no footy in 2020, and there's only eight or nine matches in 2021. So I do know there's constant conversations, both at a CEO level and and also at the uh, president's level, around what the VFL competition really needs to look like. But it's no doubt impacted a club like us, who's mm-hmm. traditionally invested heavily in their football program to attract both young and more experienced talent. And um, that's probably one of the things I mentioned at the top of the interview is that that's in a position we're finding ourselves and we're not familiar with that. So it, it certainly has an impact. The, the under-22s, again, for a club like us, our under-22 list is closer to an average age of 19 than 22. So we've got a very young under-22 list. and. Mm-hmm. I think when you come up against some of these AFL sides who, you know, I think Gold Coast Suns had 20 AFL-listed players when we played them a week and a bit ago. They, they're in the system. They're full-time professional footballers. They're getting paid a salary. They're, they're training five, six days a week. We've got blokes from 19 through to sort of 23, 24 who work as tradies or whatever it might be that come here and are trying to build their bodies and improve their football skills. And it, it, I think COVID's really set clubs like us back and I think some of the other standalone clubs are probably feeling it as well and I know you know Port Melbourne, Coburg, the Bullant, a lot of those clubs are struggling as well against particularly these AFL sides that have just had the system in place for that whole period of COVID so it's how the competition looks actually I don't know I'm new to the industry so I'd be lying if I said I had a real experience point of view on it but I do know that these are all factors that need to be discussed when we look at the way the competition is in 2023. As you know, I'm also a big fan of your VFLW side, a sponsor, one of your players there. Now, this is about the fourth year, we won't count the COVID year, but the fourth year where Williamstown has ended up with just, say, two wins or two and a half wins. 
Would and you and Darabin are the only non-aligned sides, the standalone clubs. Would uh, some form of alignment with an AFL club help that women's program improve? Because I'm a little bit worried. Uh, the last four years, it's always just been those two or three wins. There's really no sort of acceleration of wins. Yep. Yeah. Good. Good question, mate. Um, look, it's one we're discussing at the moment as we come towards the end of the season. It'll, it'll come up again in our post-season reviews as well. Um, how do we want that program to look? Um, I think the first point is we're fully invested in the program and we're keen to continue to develop and improve it. Um, we'd be mad if we didn't look at what opportunities presented to be enable us to do that. Um, I've no doubt COVID had a bit of an impact or had a major impact, actually. I mean, not only has it been difficult for our playing group to, to get together and train during those two, nearly two years that we, we were in lockdowns in and out, but also coming into this season, we had a lot of COVID impact our playing group and realistically, the first four or five games of the season saw them, saw a playing group that was coming back from, from, from having COVID themselves. So, um, yes, we will look at what options we've got. Um, I'm sure, look, Darabin have had a pretty good season, I think, by their standards. So, um, yeah, look, we'll review the process and the program. All I can say is we're really invested in it. We want to keep improving it, um, and that will mean anything's on the table in terms of enabling us to get better resources and um, better opportunity for our girls to you know, get themselves in front of the AFLW teams as well. Ash, we really appreciate you joining us tonight. Yeah, give us a bit of insight. Uh, well done um, on the new role um, in Williamstown. And, um, yeah, good luck. Congratulations on having such high membership numbers. I think it's uh, something to be pretty proud of, especially after, yeah, two ravaged COVID seasons. So uh, hopefully you can build on that. And, yeah, thank you very much for joining us tonight. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Thanks Ash. Ash Baker there, the CEO of Williamstown Football Club. Uh, great yeah. insight, great chat. Uh, yeah, as you mentioned, that, uh, you know, that there's a lot of factors, I guess, that uh, have uh, meant that, I guess um, the wins haven't come, but off the field, things seem to be the process and everything seems to be in place really well down there. So yeah, uh, I think I think the men's men's program at Williamstown will only be a one year thing where they'll miss out on the finals. I can't see making the finals from where they are now. The women's program, as I said, I raised my concerns with Ash. Ash has uh, addressed it and said obviously that they are looking at things because it has been in place for nearly half a decade now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you got to remember, you got to go back in time last year. I think a month before. Uh, COVID started at uh, Adelaide Crows and um, Williamstown um, come to a partnership, if you remember correctly. Yeah, and then GWS as well. Yeah, so unfortunately, things have changed, I think, in the Sandful and with the AFLW season changing yeah. and the VFL season changing, mm. it's meant that that partnership could have happened because if if they had got a few Adelaide AFLW players, I think it would have really put them up the ladder a little bit. So, oh yeah, without a doubt, like you put it, put that bit of experience in would have been fantastic. If it, even if it was only four or five players. Yeah, but I guess that yeah, that's the thing with COVID. It sort of yeah. it's put everyone back a little bit. Um, yeah. and yeah, I'm sure that they'll reassess and probably yeah. look at other options. I guess to to I guess if it's recruiting or if it's whatever it is. But um. Yeah. I'm sure it's only a one-off for Williamstown um, in both the women's and the men's. They've been very strong for, for a oh, yeah. few years to come. Uh, we're going to go to a break now. We're going to be back with the captain of Richmond Football Club, Lockie Street. Really looking forward to having a chat to him after the break. You're listening to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. 3WBC Football is brought to you with the support of our sponsors. Budget Car and Truck Rental, Tobin Brothers Funerals, Birdies Mini Golf and Sports Bar, LP Antiques and Collectibles, Aaliyah Framing, Piranha Foods, MR Davids Constructions, Dragon City Tattoos, Buffalo Sports, and the Blackburn Hotel. 
Thank you for your ongoing support of 94.1 FM, 3WBC and 3WBC Football. Ready, set. For Budget's best deals on car and truck rental, budget.com.au is good to go. It's where you'll find the best of Budget in a couple of clicks. Budget.com.au With Budget, you're good to go. Budget Rent-A-Car Blackburn is a proud sponsor of 94.1 FM 3WBC. And welcome back to VFR Rewind here on 94.1 FM 3WBC. We're at the point of our second special guest of the evening, the skipper of the Richmond Football Club. Uh, he's also a 2019 VFL Premiership player. Geez, that seems so long ago, doesn't it? The last VFL Grand Final at Icon Park, where uh, Willie Willie hit the post. We thought, I reckon, well, it was probably 30 seconds to go, and Richmond Richmond got the win. Uh, and Lockie Street was the, the, on the ground that day as a player, and he's got a Premiership medal. And he's also the, he's moved on to the captain now, and he joins us on the line now, Lockie Street. Lockie, thank you very much for joining us on VFL Rewind. No worries, lad. Thanks for having me. G'day, Lockie. Lauchy speaking. How have you um, seen your season so far this year and the changing coach from Xavier Clark to Steve Morris? How do they sort of differ? Yeah, I suppose um, you know, we're coming to the year with the, you know, a, new, a new coach and, um, yeah, Moz is, Moz is taking it on um, extraordinarily. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of, of how he's taken on. To uh, you know, a pretty high turnover in, in players um, from the years prior, and you know he's, he's done extraordinarily well for um, so far. And you know the, the program's in really strong, um, in a really strong stead at the moment, and I believe we've set some, some good foundations for, for many years to come. And have you seen um, some of your recruits, some of the young guys that you've brought in, brought in that have been drafted? How they've been travelling in the the VFL side so far? Yeah, yeah, some really good, uh, some really good performances of um, from from blokes like Tyler Sonzi, um, Judson Clark, Tom Brown, um, just to name a few. And and those guys are, are definitely going to take uh, uh, the club forward um, in, in the next few years and. And no doubt at, at some stage this year. So um, yeah, looking looking forward to um, you know seeing those guys uh, perform at, at AFL level at some point during the year. And from a, uh, a VFL standpoint, I think um, you know we've had a lot of a lot of new recruits um, in in this year, and um, you know just seeing the, the new guys perform at a really high level and standard and, and train really well. Like um, got a few guys like Massimo D'Ambrosio. Um, uh, Missy Faumello and Kelsey Lafau who, who have played really well, and um, you know we've got some strong players down there, and um, you know a lot of a lot of good takeaways for the uh, for the year to come. Uh, Lucky, as I mentioned at the top, top um, captain of the the Richmond Football Club, pretty special honour to be bestowed upon you. Um, how was the selection process to, to get that role, and um, how have you, I guess, taken it um, being the captain of such a, a pretty special club? Yeah, yeah. I suppose for me, it's, it's always been a, a dream come true to, to play at um, at the club I've always barracked for. Um, you know, I, I have fond memories of myself running around the lounge room, pretending I'm Matthew Richardson, kicking at a football <laughs> um, down the hallway, and um, you know, just a get the privilege to obviously play um, at a VFL level and, and playing a, a premiership and, and now move on to have an opportunity to take over Steve Morris as a captain like 
um, yeah, I, I guess for myself, for my family and my friends and partner, I think, um, you know, I'm extremely humbled um, by the opportunity. And look, it's, uh, yeah, the captaincy is obviously in its infancy for myself. And, you know, I'm really excited to, uh, to lead the boys and, um, yeah, hopefully come away with some success this year and, and, and for years to come. As you mentioned, you just mentioned Steve Morris then. Uh, yeah, been around the Richmond Football Club for seems forever now. Uh, me and Lashley were just talking um, before we got you on air and um, there was a report that Steve Morris was, was captain coach. Has he pl- happened happen to play any games this year or is he just just the coach settling into the coaching now? No, he hasn't, he hasn't really he hasn't played any games um, as of yet. I'm, 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 I'm actually not too sure where that dynamic sort of sits, guys. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, look, he's, he has moved into this coaching role with um, the utmost confidence, and um, yeah, he he's truly um, on a on a great path to becoming a, a very good coach at, at hopefully at an AFL level at some stage. Um, but obviously now he's just working on his craft with with us boys and and enjoying it because um, at the end of the day, like some of the guys that he's been playing with, um, he's now coaching, and and it's a really good dynamic and. Look, if, if there's a stage that he um, does get the chance to pull on the jersey again, I'll be, uh, I'll be looking forward to it. But, um, yeah, really enjoying how he's uh, taking the approach to the, to the season. And the two Samoan boys, Missy and the McKelty, um, I saw a bit of footage a couple of weeks ago of training. They were giving you a bit of um, uh, a lesson in um, Samoan culture, weren't they? So um, it, yeah. it's, it's great to see uh, clubs sort of embrace um, uh, uh, the backgrounds of those boys. Yeah, they've, they've injected a, a sort of energy that, that I've never experienced um, at a footy program. And I'm so so happy and so proud for those guys to get their opportunity to play some VFL footy um, this year. Obviously, with the, the limited um, experience in footy um, growing up, both from um, rugby backgrounds, but, you know, they've, um, they've come into the program and, and brought a standard that um, is really high, really energetic, and um, honestly, they're, they're such good players. Um, unfortunately, uh, I think McKelty um, got some scans back today that confirmed the um, I think he's done his, his ACL, so mm. I'm really uh, yeah, thoughtful with him. And look, I think Missy was, was uh, a few weeks away from a um, from an injury as well, but looking forward to seeing him get back on the track too. Look, I'm especially happy to see McKelty back because he actually did play in the um, 2018 Grand Final for the Casey Casey Demons, and um, it's good that he sort of walked away from sort of semi-professional football back to the local level at, at St Kilda City and um, then um, had a pre-season with Richmond and obviously paid off. Yeah, yeah. He's, um, you know, I've heard stories of him kicking oh, something like 18 goals in a game or something like that. So, yeah. look, just, just the way he's taken it um, with both hands um, early on in the year, it was incredible to see. And it's honestly, um, he's one of those guys you, you love to have on your team because when he's rolling straight at you. Um, I'd certainly be the one to, you know, brace for uh, brace for impact. And how's your project uh, Ruckman going? Patrick Bolter, the I think he's the younger brother of Noah. Yeah, uh, I think he's the uh, cousin of yep. uh, of Noah. But um, Patty's been uh, had a few injuries um, throughout the preseason, and he's um, slowly been getting back to uh, the good good health. And um, look, he's a He's a great runner and, and probably the, the best 200 centimetre guy that I've seen below below his toes. And 
Um, you know, he, I'm really looking forward to seeing him um, at least some stage this year playing some, some good footy and, and getting a, a game hit some stage as well. Well, Lockie, really appreciate you joining us tonight, giving us a bit of an insight of what's going on down at Richmond Football Club. Uh, bad luck on the win yesterday, uh, the loss yesterday, but uh, hopefully uh, the boys can bounce back. And, um, yeah, Steve Morris um, sounds like he's got the boys firing um, pretty well. And, yeah, good luck for the rest of the year. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Thanks Lockie. Lockie. Lockie Street, the skipper of Richmond Football Club. Great fella. Um, yeah, good yeah, chat, dude. Great chat. Uh, great to hear some of the lesser-known players on the, on, the, on the VFL list, how they're going. I think that's one of the things we, we don't see some of them because of AFL clubs have got very little injuries, so they don't get an opportunity. So they're still training, and they're still training as hard as they can to get an opportunity. And I think that hopefully they can uh, yeah get a spot on the list for next year. Yeah, and hopefully um, uh, the two Samoan boys, unfortunately, have got injuries at Richmond right now. And we wish McAlty all the best if it is an ACL. Um and hopefully the dream isn't over because he's fairly young still as well. Yeah, you got to give... I think if you're a VFL list manager or a VFL general manager and you realise that some of the kids haven't got opportunity because the AFL list, injury list has been very low, well, I think you got to give him a second year. Yeah. I think you got to give him as much opportunity to flourish as you can, and mm. especially with no COVID... Uh, with, with, with two COVID-impacted um, years, Yeah. you've almost got three years now if, if you haven't got um, many injuries to not get an opportunity, it's pretty tough. Uh, yeah. When we spoke to Ash Baker, I think, um, what do you reckon, Ash? Do you reckon we get another trophy going? What do you reckon? Yeah, it wouldn't be a bad one. for the. This one would be pretty pretty straight for, forward as well because there's only, it probably would only go to the standalone clubs. Yeah. yeah. Because generally the AFL clubs don't, or the AFL, VFL aligned clubs, they just say you've got an AFL membership, that will get you in. Um, uh, so... I think we have a look, maybe a trophy or maybe to distinguish the two, maybe a plaque. Yeah, something like that. I think I think we've got to honour these clubs that do try really hard to get memberships because yeah. I think most clubs are around that 1,000 mark now. And if you go back to early 2010s, it, clubs were – I remember Franks, someone mentioned Franks are only on a few hundred, yeah. maybe oh. 150, 200 early 2010s. So it has come a long way. Yeah. The, the, some clubs have yeah gone up seven or eight hundred memberships in in probably less than ten years. So it is a pretty good effort. Oh, it's a fantastic effort by all those standalone clubs, and it's in, uh, it's very important that they continue to grow. Um, grow, yep. Not only sort of retain, but then grow as well every couple of years or every year. Yeah, if, if I mean I know it's a pipe dream, but you know if if, if some of the clubs could get up near you know two or three thousand memberships i think that'd be absolutely phenomenal i know the sample clubs average around two thousand so there is that target there there is the people there to to sign them up you just got to i guess offer promotions or do little things um within the community to try and get them yeah, to sign yeah. up get involved in the club so all them little things and it's also important for the sides to win 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 because everyone likes being on a winner don't they yeah exactly right the, the winning helps and i mean it gets people down to the games if there's a big game that they're, you know, playing, playing for a finals position, it does help. And I think that Williamstown have always, not always, but they've always seemed to get, you know, maybe seven, eight hundred, nine hundred to most games down there. And some of them are horrific conditions. So well done to them. Well, I remember the days where you used to go to the Spotswood Hotel and pick up a free Williamstown membership and get into the game for free. Like I do wonder as some of the old figures. Um, if they were actually counted, those memberships that were given away free at the hotels and all that. Yeah, they were trying their best, you know, trying to get as many people involved. But I think now we're in the position where everything's on the line. It's a little bit harder. 
I guess, yeah. to do promotions and just give give away memberships. But yeah. I think that most clubs have got their head around what, what needs to be done, I think. Yeah. They're, they're promoting their memberships really well. They're doing promotions, trying yeah. to get people to to renew. Some people, have, some clubs, I think, have even got auto-renewal, which I think yes. is a game-changer yeah. to get people to renew. Because if anyone who's listening... It was a bit of a pain sometimes to sign up as a member. You'd have to go in and fill out a piece of paper and yeah. then they'd mail out your card. Where now it's all just, some of them have just got auto renewal. So it does make things a little bit simpler. Yeah, no no doubt. No doubt it does. And um, good on those clubs. And we wish them all the best that they continue, every club in the VFL, that they continue to grow their membership base. Yeah, because it's the heartbeat of the club is their income stream. Yeah. If a club's got a thousand members, yeah. um, that would equate to what probably seventy thousand dollars, sixty thousand dollars. If you include player sponsors, that could be up near a hundred. So, well, and, and the pet membership, like if um, <laughs> the little the, Kevin the Kelpie actually was signed up, little Rover, the little <laughs> Jack Russell, he he was he was a member, and all these little all these yeah little that's good. They're yeah. trying things, like yeah. like I know I know the AFL clubs do it as well. They yeah. have the membership for the the pets and the kids memberships. I think it's important for the club because, as I just mentioned, it could be half the salary cap, the yeah. supporters funding the team. So it is very important. Uh, we're going to go to a break now. We're going to be back with an absolute legend of the VFA. We're looking forward to chatting to this man, Billy Swan, after the break. You're listening to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. MR Davis Constructions have been building quality new homes for over 35 years. Let Mick and Robin project manage and build your new home or renovation. Their experience and guidance along with attention to detail and integrity shows why M&R Davis Constructions have been at the top of their game for nearly four decades. M&R Davis Constructions also build decks, pergolas and gazebos and are members of the Master Builders Association of Victoria. So give Mick a call on 0418 558 695. That's 0418 558 695. M&R Davis Constructions are proud 11-year broadcast sponsors of 94.1 FM, 3WBC Football. 3WBC Football is brought to you with the support of our sponsors. Budget Car and Truck Rental. Tobin Brothers Funerals. Birdies Mini Golf and Sports Bar. L&P Antiques and Collectibles. Aaliyah Framing. Piranha Foods. M&R Davis Constructions. Dragon City Tattoos. Buffalo Sports. And the Blackburn Hotel. Thank you for your ongoing support of 94.1 FM. And welcome back to VFR Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. We've got royalty on the line tonight. Absolute legend. One of the biggest guests we've ever had on this show over the four-year journey. I don't know why it's taken us so long to to get this man on the line. He's one of the absolute greats. 302 VFA games which is a VFA record, uh, two-time Liston, win, uh, Liston medal winner, or Liston trophy, I think it was called back then. Um, so the name's changed. And premierships with the Borough and Williamstown. And he joins us on the line now, Billy Swan. Billy, thank you very much for taking our call and welcome to VFL Rewind. Yeah, no worries, mate. Pleasure. G'day, Billy. Laoshi speaking. Now, um, tell us, how, how did you um, get down to Port Melbourne all those years ago? Um, I sort of, I grew up in Port Melbourne, I was um, from, well, probably three years of age and I left there when I was 15, moved out of Port, grew up in the House Commission flats and then I was zoned to Carlton, so I went to Carlton, played the under-19s and, set and reserves and then uh, left Carlton and just sort of gravitated back to Port. 
And he also spent a year, I think it was 1977, in Tasmania at Clarence. Um, how did that actually happen? Uh, actually, it was um, 78. 78, um, yep. Well, oh, well, to be honest, they, they um, gave me an offer I couldn't refuse, to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, it was um, reasonable money, and um, yeah, so I decided to have a, a year down there. And another mate of mine from Port, the two of us went down there, so yeah. I wanted to talk about the 1976 Grand Final, Billy. Uh, how can you describe it as one of the most brutal games I think probably uh, we've seen probably of, of the last probably 50 years or on on footage anyway? Um, how did you see that one? <laughs> yeah, it was um, it was probably only really one quarter. Um, so what happened? We um, we kicked with the wind the first quarter and we had a reasonable lead, I think. And then the second quarter, the wind turned around and we were... Um, so, look, we were a fair way in front and then um, Alan Harper just decided to um, go a bit crazy, I suppose, and King hit Freddie Cook, King hit Normie Brown. And it was a extremely violent quarter. The quarter went for about 45 minutes, I think. Um but that was never my go. I was playing on Danny Hibbert that day, and we just, me and him, just stood back and watched. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wanted to move on a little bit to uh, 1980, uh, change, of the, change of the guard at Port. Actually, I w- actually want to talk about 1979. Were you at the borough when uh, Peter McKenna and Fred Cook were, were both, I guess, flying for that full forward spot? Yeah, I certainly was. Um, yeah, Peter McKenna coached us for a year because... Um, I don't know if you remember Glenn Elliott, who was a St Kilda player. Yep. He, he was going to coach for it, but then he pulled out at the last minute. So they um, they asked Peter McKenna to coach, and he was a bit reluctant to do it, but he ended up doing it. And But he played mostly 10 half forward, Peter McKenna, and um, yeah, Cookie played full forward. A really nice bloke, Peter McKenna. But he, he was a coach that really didn't want to do it. So he only did it for the year, but it was, it was a bit difficult. You didn't know who to kick the ball to, so um, but we, you know, we still made the preliminary final that year, so we had a reasonable year, and um, yeah, so we only did it for one year, then he gave it away. Who were some of your um, toughest opponents, say from uh, the late seventies to the mid eighties? Um, oh, you got um, people like Tony Gilmore from Geelong West, who was a very, very good player. Um, who else would there be? Oh, in the early age, you had um, a couple of bikes from Preston were really good. I used to get, I don't know why, I used to get tagged a lot. So I really didn't play on another sort of opposing sentiment. Most times, yeah, I was getting tagged. Um, but yeah, Tony Gilmore was very, very good. Um, Terry Wilkins was a very good player from Sandingham. Um, so, yeah, there was a lot of good players around, but most times, yeah, I'd get tagged. So I really didn't play on their sort of best sentiment, if you know what I mean. Did you, against Frankston, did you always seem to get somebody like uh, Robert Mace, some some sort of a hitman who, who suffered white line <laughs> fever? <laughs> Actually, I never really ever played on Robert Mace. I played against him a lot. But, no, he never used to play on, play on me when I played Frankston. Some, I'm glad he never. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, because he was very fiery. He did have white line fever. Um, no, I never actually actually sort of lined up on him all that much, to be honest. Just, 
just moving on to 1980, probably the change of the guard at the borough, the, the great legendary Gary Bryce turns up at Port Melbourne. Pretty uh, pretty uh, enforcing character, I guess. Uh, he's a great man now. I love catching up with Gary. But uh, the 1980 premiership, it was a unique one. And for, always used to speak to Fred Cook about it. And he always used to say it was his favourite because... There's a lot of young kids in that team, um, you know, young you know, Bayar and there was um, Allendar and a few of them young boys who just come on. I guess that that I think it was a Bayer's first year. I think Stevie Allender was there the year before, but all these boys just come from nowhere and uh, yeah, beat Coburg uh, almost in the last five minutes of the game. Yeah, that was we, we were um, we struggled for most of that day to be honest, and um, yeah, so then the last quarter we sort of. Probably halfway through the last quarter, got on a roll. Uh, the great Jimmy Christo um, kicked a few goals and took a kick one. Um, so we just sort of got over him in the end. But yeah, it was uh, it was a tough game. It was a real windy sort of crappy day. And um, yeah, so we were probably lucky in to get over the line. How? Where do you think that ball was positioned at Fred Cook kick? I reckon it was going into Albert Park Lake. And I reckon a hurricane come from nowhere and just grabbed it. <laughs> yeah, when it came off his boot, it did look like it was. Um, it looked like it was going out of bounds. <laughs> it did, yeah, hundred percent. Did a right hand turn. There must have been a big strong breeze just got hold of it right at the right time, and yeah, <laughs> end up going through. So that that was good for us. Yeah. I'm going to jump a decade here. 1990. I was a young 15 year old kid, and I made my way out to Princess Park to watch Williamstown play Springvale. At three-quarter time, you're 34 points down, and I think you even went to about five minutes into the last quarter, um, you went to about 38 points down. What was said at three-quarter time and uh, for that, for what happened um, then later in the last quarter? But And also, um, when you got the ball to uh, kick the winning goal, um, you never really kicked 50, did you? And you also had a dodgy hamstring? That's a bit of a, an urban myth about your hamstring. Um, um, no, that, there was nothing wrong with that. Um, look, that was a funny game, really, and it was a funny, even a funny lead up to that game because that that was the year um, Collingwood drew with West Coast. Yeah. So they put the uh, the VFA put the grand final back. So Springvale had two weeks off, and we had a week off. So. They were a bit unlucky, really, Springvale, to have that two weeks off. If the grand final had been on the proper day, I wouldn't have played because I had a crooked shoulder. Um, so that extra week gave me a chance to, to, to get up and, and play. Um, Three-quarter time, look, to be honest, I can't remember what, what was said. You know, it's just like any game, I suppose. You don't really give up until you, you, you know, the, the game's over. But in the last quarter, um, Ian Rickman kicked some couple of unbelievable goals. Kicked one from really the centre of Princess Park. Um, my one, well, was, I kicked it from right on the 50 metre line, but it is a bit downhill going that way at Princess <laughs> Park, so, and had a little bit of a breeze behind me. So it's just a bit of luck, I suppose. And that game was a funny game because we dominated the first quarter. They dominated the next two, and we got on top of them in the last. So, yeah, it was, it was a funny game, a real close game in the end. And, um, yeah, I suppose I was really happy to um, and lucky to kick, the, kick that last goal. 
and Williamstown people will always say you're a Williamstown player now. Like, how was the reception um, after you left Port and signed at Williamstown? Like, there, were, there would have been a bit of um, uh, some of these Willie people still sort of not sure about you signing with um, Williamstown after so many years at Port Melbourne. Um, to be honest with you, the, when I went to Willie, I was a bit sort of hesitant because I was, you know, pretty. we were pretty big rivals, Willie and Port, but um, the players were absolutely, absolutely fantastic when I went there. And because I did all pre-season without a clearance, so I wasn't sure whether I was going to get cleared. And they just welcomed me, and they were really good. Uh, Roundy was a, a ripper bloke, and um, he welcomed me in, and... In the end, I had five years there, and they were a, a fantastic club and a fantastic group of players. So I couldn't have been um, more appreciative of what Willie did for me because I'd been a port for a long time, and it sort of gave me a bit of incentive to, you know, try and get myself fit and just being uh, a new player on the block. I had to prove myself again. So yeah, it was a really good club, Willie. Uh, Billy, as we mentioned at the top top of the show, uh, two listed medal winners and uh, two listed medal trophies or whatever you want to call them, medals to you when you won. And they both come under completely different circumstances, I guess. The first one uh, was a retrospect, if I'm not mistaken, and the second, obviously, you won in 1983 in your own right. But the retrospect one, how did that, how did that work out? I think you got it a few years later or something like that. Yeah, because I don't know if you remember, um, when Barry Round and um, Bernie Quinley, Quinlan, and they gave um, both medals. So then they changed the rules and the AFL gave re- re- retrospective um, Brownlow. And in the end, the VFA did the same thing. So Rightly yeah, so. Got, yeah, so Jeff Austin and David went. Well, Jeff Austin actually won it um, initially. Then me and David went both got um, retrospective medals. I think there was a couple of others, but I just can't remember now who... Who actually did get them? Yeah, I think uh, just going through it. Uh, where are we? Uh, Barry Nolan and Trevor Durwood shared in eighty seventy eight. I'm not sure if they got retrospective, but yeah, they would have. They would have. Yeah, they went right back. Yeah, yeah. I think I think there is. Yeah, the, the retrospective was a nice touch. Um, the countback rule was just, in my opinion, just silly. But yeah, two listed yeah, medal winners is yeah, fantastic effort. Yeah, well, I was uh, yeah, well, you know, pretty lucky, I suppose. I played in a. Uh, a really good side in a, a really good era, which sort of helped. So, yeah, it was, was good, yeah. So when you finished up at Willie, you ended up going to an EDFL club in the Essendon District Football League club, and you played many more years there. Um, do you reckon Dane can do the same thing at St Kilda City? Because he's still running around with um, St Kilda City, and he's, what, 38 this year? Yeah, he is, yeah. Look, he's pretty happy playing there. Um he plays a, lot, a few of them one-off games as well. Um, so he nipped his hammy actually a couple of weeks ago. So he was going to play with St Kilda City this, this week or the weekend just gone, but he never, I think, because he thought he'd have another week or so off. Um, yeah, so he still enjoys running around having a kick, which is good. I don't know how much long, how longer he'll do it for. But, um, yeah, I go and watch him play when he has as a kick at St Kilda City, so it's quite interesting to watch him run around there. Well, Billy, we really appreciate you joining us tonight. As we mentioned, game's record holder, two listed medal winners. It's an absolutely fantastic achievement. And uh, 
yeah, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, and uh, yeah, good luck supporting. I guess I guess you got d- divided loyalties with Borough and Port, but uh, yeah, good luck supporting your teams um, over the next few years. All right, mate. No, not a problem. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Billy. Thanks, Billy. Billy Swan there. What an absolute ripper. What a, what a great bloke. Uh, gave a great insight. Yeah, and I think Billy will be that type of person. If Ben Jolly gets there, he will be at that game to watch it and um, I think so. ca- catch up with Ben after the game because they would have crossed paths yeah. at both Williamstown and, and Port, Port Melbourne. Yeah, both, so, both played at the same club. Uh, we're at the end of the show now. We've got 30 seconds till we wrap up. Lausche, thank you very much for joining me as per usual. Thank you for having us and we'll have another big show next week. We'll see you all again next week. Uh, the great Fizzy Nights is on next. Uh, not sure what she's got planned, but uh, we might have to say hello to Fizzy Nights. But, uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM 3WBC. And we'll see you all again 7 o'clock next week. We've got some very special guests. Thank you for listening.